Welcome to the Green Goddess Podcast. I'm your host, Tara. On this show, we explore sacred medicines and the evolution of consciousness. Today's episode is a recording of a talk I gave for the Portland Psychedelic Society on how cannabis can be a spiritual catalyst for awakening as well as a visionary sacrament and a healing tool. Please enjoy the following recording. Thank you, Leah. I'm really excited to be here today on the Holy Day 420 with you all. Yeah, this is a really exciting time. Many call this the psychedelic renaissance or maybe the cusp of the psychedelic renaissance. Here in Oregon, it's exciting that potentially next year, 2020, we may have an opportunity to vote psilocybin mushrooms into legal status. So exciting. And we're hearing about amazing work by MAPS, about MDMA studies, and there's all kinds of documentaries and awareness out there about the incredible potential of ayahuasca and its healing abilities. So there are some really incredible potent medicines that are being honored and discussed. Yet the most prolific entheogen, the most prolific psychedelic, hardly ever gets honored for what it does, and that is cannabis. And that's why I'm here tonight. I really want to change that. I really believe that cannabis is every bit the entheogen as any of those other medicines and should be honored and discussed as such. So I'm here tonight to help raise awareness about the potential of cannabis as a spiritual catalyst and as a metaphysical tool, as a sacrament. And I'll be sharing with you based on my personal experience and Specifically, I'm going to touch on four different metaphysical aspects of cannabis, and uh, they are cannabis as an amplifier of the psyche, cannabis as a catalyst for awakening, psychic and spiritual awakening, cannabis as a master spirit teacher for mystical meditation, and cannabis as a gateway to the other plants. That's something I think has not been explored very deeply. I'll also be sharing with you some thoughts about right relationship in cannabis, my own personal opinion. And at the end of that talk, I would love to take your questions and explore more deeply with you, whatever might be on your mind about cannabis as a sacrament. So why I'm here really is I've had a long relationship with cannabis for about the past 20 years. It started out very much a recreational relationship. I was in high school, hot boxing somebody's minivan, listening to rap music, you know, and then going to fish shows, you know. That was my beginning with cannabis. It's really different for me now. Um, I would say that it was a particular event that really changed things for me. I was into, at this point in my life, um, meditating with plants. I was into communing in a mystical state with plants to learn, to learn metaphysical philosophy from them, to have insights, to um, expand my own awareness of myself. 
And at the same time, I was still working with it recreationally at this point in my life. So I took a bath one day after smoking a little bit of cannabis. And at that time, I was thinking, I'm going to take a bath and commune with the water, just invite the water to be with me and just have that heightened sensation. And so I went into the bath and something really weird started to happen, something very unexpected. I'm really grateful that at this time I had an understanding of what ego death was. Because if I didn't know, that would have been really, really scary. So what happened was I'm sitting, taking the bath, just being comfortable, enjoying myself, whatever. And then this intense feeling of doom came over me, like I was going to die. It was beyond panic. It wasn't my heart racing. It was this intense knowing that something terrible was going to happen. And I'm so grateful that cannabis heightens your intuition because in that moment I had this flash of a download of insight, ego death. Everything's okay. It's just your ego is aware it's about to die. Okay. So when I say ego, I'm referring to the sense of self, the consistent sense of self that feels limited and separate from all the rest of what is. And cannabis stimulates the crown and third eye chakras into a state of expanded awareness. And so it can threaten that sense of self. And it can also stimulate the psychic energy within your body, what some might call the kundalini energy, maybe um, at the base of your spine, as the yogis talk about. And so when that happens, it can be extremely threatening to that aspect of our psychology that sees us, ourselves as separate and consistent and familiar because that expansion into the oneness state into greater states is unpredictable who knows what's going to happen in that moment so i'm in the bath i have that feeling of impending doom i start to stand up to go to my meditation cushion put on a towel and i can't because the energies are moving within my system so intensely. I was lightheaded. I had to sit back down. So I sit back down and I stand up again and it, it happens a few more times. Finally, I was able to get out of the bathtub, put on a towel, go to the meditation cushion, and sit down. And I had the sense, okay, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I just prayed to my helping spirits okay, guys, protect me, whatever is happening, just protect me. And then once I knew that I had asked for that, I felt I could relax and let go. And so I just let go because in those states, if you resist, it's only going to be an agony. So I let go and I couldn't even sit up. I had to lay down. And the only way I could lay down was with my face on the carpet. So there I am with my face on the carpet, just face down. And... What started to happen was really interesting. I began to hear music. And in my left ear, I heard wooden Aboriginal flute music. In my right ear, I heard oomch, 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 dance music, <laughs> which I don't listen to. <laughs> it was very strange. And this went on for an unknowable amount of time 
because it was so vivid and loud and intense, but I'm going to guess 20 minutes, maybe, possibly longer. I came out of that state like, wow, I just had like three hits of cannabis. <laughs> and, you know, that was that was a spiritual awakening. They can be really jarring, really intense. I have a friend who approached me and she said, Tara, I think I'm going crazy. I said, why? And she said, well, after I smoke cannabis, I'm seeing all these colors around people. I'm seeing things. I'm starting to get information, visual information when I look at people. And I said, oh, well, no, your psychic abilities have been awakened. Your clairvoyance was awakened. That's what's happening. So that's something that cannabis is doing. And it's something I think it's really, really important to discuss. Because for people that don't necessarily have that context, this could be really jarring. But it's a good thing. It's ultimately a really good thing. Because we are at a point right now where the collective is trying to evolve, where consciousness on Earth is needing and trying to evolve into higher states, into higher expanded states of ascension. And so awakening is a big piece of that. And that's also why I'm personally really excited, too, to see cannabis being legalized all over the country now in so many states. Because I know it's going to bring awakening. And who here has taken cannabis in whatever form and felt positive emotions when you did? Yeah, exactly. Who here has felt compassion, expanded states of compassion working with cannabis? Everybody. Everybody, right. Who here has felt your heart open after you smoked cannabis? Everybody in the room. Exactly, right. And so that's what cannabis is doing, and that's one of its most wonderful gifts to us at this time. So... I'd like to talk about cannabis as an amplifier. So some of you might be familiar with the work of Joan Bellow. Has anyone heard of Joan Bellow? Nobody. Okay. Joan Bellow wrote a book many years ago. It's called The Benefits of Marijuana. And it's a really cool book. I definitely recommend reading it. She's um, really well-educated in psychology and in divinity studies. And she worked with cannabis really as, uh, from the perspective of a meditator who was working towards psychological integration. And she discussed cannabis as, a, as an amplifier of the shadow aspects of the psyche. And she went into great detail in that book. I highly recommend reading it. I came to that similar um, understanding through my own work. And I was excited to see her articulate it so well in her book. And really it is. Cannabis is an amplifier. So many times when people are using cannabis recreationally, they don't like the effects because sometimes it gives us that happy, creative, expanded feeling. But then who has also experienced uncomfortable things happening when you smoked cannabis, right? Like who's had anxiety? Right, exactly. So what's going on there is cannabis is acting as an amplifier. It's in its role as a sacred teacher and it's shining a light on what's suppressed within us, what we don't want to face or see. And we need to face and see all aspects of our psychology in order to become fully integrated. So it's a useful tool. 
in my work as an intuitive healer, I've incorporated cannabis many times and had really incredible results. So for example, um, a few months ago, I had a client approach me. He was a friend of a friend and he said, Tara, do you think your plants can help me? And I said, always, what do you need? And he said, well, I have pain in my body and I'm also having a hard time moving through some difficult conflicts that happened in my friendships. And I just feel like I need some help. I said, okay, let's sit down with that. So we took a mindfulness-based approach and we sat down and I had him tune into the pain in his body and explore it. And really what he came up with at that point was just where the pain was. I remember he said it was in his neck and in his shoulder and in his knee, all pretty much on one side of his body. And he said that he wanted to grieve the loss of this friendship that was really dear to him, but he couldn't cry. And I said, okay, let's, let's go from this point forward. Let's get you transformation. And the work that I do is working with uh, spirit allies, inviting, you could say it's a shamanic approach, inviting powers greater than ourselves that vibrate at the frequency of unconditional love to come and do what we can't do. And cannabis comes into this because I think that we are only ready to transform that which we have consciously harvested and, and integrated. I believe in um, transformation of that which no longer serves, but if there's still something to learn from our difficulty, then it still serves. So I invited cannabis into the session so that we could harvest whatever the gift of these challenges were for him. I said, hit the sacred bomb. And he did. And he got to a place where he felt sufficiently um, stoned. <laughs> and I sat and held space for him. And it was really transformative what happened. You know, suddenly he was aware that the pain in his neck was actually his childhood conditioning in Mexico around what masculinity is and how you can't cry if you're a boy because that makes you weak. And so we were able to discuss that because of cannabis, because cannabis amplified what was hidden within his psyche and brought it forward. And so we were able to have that conversation, well, it's not weak to cry, it's weak to avoid your feelings, it's weak to suppress your feelings, it's strong to face your feelings. And when we don't face our feelings, they manifest eventually as physical pain or illness, and that weakens us. And so I said, okay, are you ready to let go of this programming? And he said, yeah. And so we called in our spirit allies and the pain in his neck evaporated and he started to sob and weep. And it was beautiful to watch. He, he held his heart and he said, I love you, I forgive you. It was just the most beautiful thing. And that was because of cannabis. I won't go into the other details of his session, but suffice it to say that all the pain in his body was gone by the time we finished. And it was only about an hour. And cannabis played a really, really important role. I had another person come to me um, who wanted to smoke cannabis for the very first time. And she was someone who was very advanced spiritually. Um, but she wasn't sure what to expect. So she smoked 
as much as she felt like she wanted to smoke. But being a newbie, she felt she took probably too much. So she said, I overdosed, I took too much. And she started to have anxiety. And I said to her, no, you took more than you're comfortable with. And she said, yes. And I said, okay, you're feeling vulnerable. And she said, yes. And I said, great, that's an excellent place to be. Let's be with that. Let's explore that. And that's of great value, right? Vulnerability is of great value. And that's something we spend a lot of time trying to avoid. And it's something that cannabis in particular often brings up, which is why it's often a bad idea to smoke cannabis at a party. <laughs> you start to feel so vulnerable and self-conscious all of a sudden. So I only work with cannabis at this time very, very sparingly. Personally, I don't use it recreationally. I only work with it intentionally in the context of wanting to look more deeply into my own psyche or wanting to meditate with it, which I'll get into that a little bit later. I think as well, um, for working with cannabis as an amplifier, it's a great tool when something is stuck within us or blocked within us and we want a greater understanding of what that is. So for example, I one night um, worked with it and was able to really see myself from a detached standpoint and understand where these thought patterns that were bothering me, these, these stuck limiting beliefs had come from, and I was able to see their, their lineage back through my ancestry because of cannabis, because of what it illuminates. So I really think it's useful in that way. Okay, and it amplifies not only the psyche, but certainly it amplifies sensation. So it's wonderful to practice mindfulness presence, right? With eating wonderful food, with smelling beautiful scents, with wonderful experiences of touch. It's obviously wonderful to listen to music with cannabis as we've all known for a long time, right? going to concerts and everybody passing around joints, right? So it's an amplifier in general. And it's an amplifier as well of the spirit world. And I think this isn't very widely understood, but cannabis amplifies the spirit world. And it, it can be used intentionally in ceremony to connect with other beings that are not cannabis, if you want to. And that's something I've done a little bit of exploration with myself. In particular, it's a gateway to the other plant spirits. So the way that I figured this out in my own work started about 10 years ago is when I started to learn from plants. And I was actually studying the um, applications in terms of herbal medicine and, and edibility of wild plants. And my teachers often encouraged us to sit and meditate with a plant that we didn't know and maybe take a tincture of it in order to learn what its uses were. Because while there's a misunderstanding that our ancestors learned about plants through trial and error, through um, trying this thing out and seeing if it made them sick or not or what effect it had and kind of like how we would now, kind of a scientific-based approach, um, I'm sure there may have been some of that, but to a much larger degree, our ancestors, those who lived off of the land and very close to the land, had a greater understanding of our interconnectedness with all life and our oneness with all life than 
much of our society does today. And so they used a different way to learn about nature, and that was direct experience and direct communion. So my teachers encouraged me to sit and meditate with plants in order to learn about how they could help us and just receive intuitive messages. And so I had some experience doing that, and I meditated with dandelions, with passion flower, with, you know, yarrow. That's what my tattoo is. Lots of different plants. And then I went to an ayahuasca ceremony, and I had a really powerful experience. And I came back from it, and I thought, why don't I sit in ca with cannabis in ceremony? Why don't I do the same type of thing with the psychoactive consciousness expanding plant that grows here? Why not? So I tried it and I invited about half a dozen friends and we called ourselves the moon tribe because we would get together on the full moons and we would get as high as we could and then we would meditate together in a circle and we would take tinctures of different plants and use the cannabis as an amplifier to alter our consciousness and connect with the plants. And we had really, really powerful experiences. The technique that I used was to simply sit and breathe into the heart space. And in doing this with the cannabis, it went from what for me were subtle impressions meditating with plants to full on visions and sometimes clairaudient experiences. I had one really powerful experience in particular where we were meditating with a lichen called Usnia. And um, has anyone heard of Usnia? Know of it? Yeah? It's called Old Man's Beard, and it's a medicine for pneumonia and lung infections, among other things. It grows in our forests, and it's a stringy lichen you see on the floor. Anyways, so we took tinctures of this old man's beard, and we meditated, and... I had this really profound experience where all of a sudden I had a vision of myself in a past life. I was a, a shaman warrior chief with a full headdress. I was a man in this lifetime. And this self was completely, fully, presently, consciously aware of me here and was transmitting through the crown chakra um, an activation. And he spoke to me, as did some women that were with him, and they were whispering in my ear over and over and over, get a drum, 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 get a drum. And I did. This is the drum that came to me shortly after. Doesn't it look like a moon? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And my friends who were sitting there next to me heard it. They actually heard the whispering. Yeah. It was so powerful. It was so powerful. My friends also had their own really vivid experiences sitting and meditating with the cannabis with other plants. And interestingly, I didn't know it at the time, but that is actually one of the ways that ayahuasca was traditionally used. It was used to discover other cures. Combo, the frog venom medicine that I serve, um, was discovered that way. The shaman that found out about Combo for the first time, the legend is, had drank ayahuasca and was looking for a cure for his village because everybody had basically depression, melancholy, um, and lethargy, and that wasn't normal. So he was looking for a cure, and in the context of drinking ayahuasca, in his vision, he was shown 
that the frog, the Amazon tree frog, had the cure for him. And so that's how um, Combo came to be. Anyways, I think it's interesting that ayahuasca has been used as a portal to other plants, as a portal to the spirits, the spirit realm, right? The Daimate Church does a lot of work, mediumship work, with connecting with other types of spirits. I think it's really interesting. So after I drank ayahuasca more recently, I thought, I would like to continue to connect with that spirit. And I would like to do so even more loudly than I'm currently doing because that spirit can stay with you and teach you. But I wanted to connect with the ayahuasca spirit vividly. So I smoked cannabis with that intention and it worked very, very powerfully. And the ayahuasca spirit told me that she calls cannabis her little sister. She calls her little sister. Because if you think about it, I think that they're very similar plants in many ways, teachers in many ways. And I had gotten a really powerful activation in that ayahuasca ceremony. And uh, it was so powerful. It was shocking. And I, I wanted to understand how to use this power that had been given to me in a good way. So that's what I was asking when I smoked and I wanted to connect with the spirit. And what happened was a vision a straight up vision of the ancestors sitting in front of me. And they told me three things about the right use of power, which I'd love to share. This is really powerful. Would you like to hear it? Okay. Yeah. They said, unconditional mercy. That's the first thing. Unconditional mercy. The second thing, unconditional love. And the third thing, relentless optimism. Unconditional mercy, unconditional love, relentless optimism. Yeah. And understanding that power is about creation. These are really good teachings. To use our power only for good. Unconditional mercy, never to harm. And we harm sometimes simply by judging. That cuts us off, cuts others off from the flow of unconditional love and from magic. So unconditional mercy, unconditional love, relentless optimism. Because we have creative power, if we have anything less than relentless optimism, we're giving our power to negativity, which we don't need to do on this planet anymore. And unconditional love, they shared with me as well in that vision, is also the highest form of spiritual protection. So that was of great interest to me. Has anyone here ever experienced or know about negative entities, psychic attacks, things of that nature? A few? Yeah? So when you're sitting in expanded states of consciousness with plant medicines, especially cannabis, it is possible for beings in the invisible realms to come and take advantage of your vulnerability if you don't sit within a closed container that you've created using your intention. Um, for it to be safe, for it to only have light and good within it, or if you're not fully in your power. And so in the unseen realms, there are beings that want to perpetuate suffering among humanity. There simply are. And they do this because they want uh, to harvest our negative emotions or because they want creative power. 
and that would be how they would like to use their creative power. And so they do this through putting thoughts in our minds and sometimes um, whole belief systems in our minds by stimulating certain feelings within us. It can try to make you think that you're feeling fear when it's actually not even you. It's really interesting. They can do all kinds of messy things and cause mental illness and cause all kinds of suffering, among other problems. And that's one of the reasons, again, why I don't use cannabis recreationally and why I don't smoke cannabis at a social event. That's not the container for something like that. So um, psychic attack or issues with entities, you could say they can be contagious even. Um, so there's different ways of shielding yourself. There's lots of discussion about, oh, put yourself in white light, um, things like that, sage a lot, smudge, right? Um, but the highest form of, of protection is actually your own vibrational state. If you love yourself completely and everybody else, there's no room for anything else. So it's the highest form of protection. This is the highest vibration. And then the last thing I'd like to talk about here, or one of the last things, is cannabis as a master teacher for mystical meditation. So my interest is in applied metaphysical philosophy. I like to know tools and perspectives that are true about reality and about life and about healing the self and healing the planet. And I learn from the plants. The plants are my gurus, and cannabis in particular. And some, these are some of the things that I learned from cannabis through meditation, just through sort of spontaneous download. And this is a strain called Purple Widow. It's grown here by um, a grower called Oregon Roots. And uh, they had gifted this to me. And I'm uh, really grateful because I had some really incredible insights I'd love to share with you. So I smoked intentionally and I meditated. And the plant helped me understand what the nature of attachment is. The nature of attachment is fear. It's grasping something because we don't trust that something better would come in its place if we didn't have it. And the only reason that we really grasp things and fear that, the, the, that whatever would come next wouldn't be better is, is when we don't love ourselves. Because if we understand that we are unconditionally loved and unconditionally worthy of love, then we know that all that wants to come is good. All that wants to come into our lives is good and is a gift. It's only through judging ourselves that we cut ourselves off from the flow of the good. Because the divine truly is pure love and doesn't consider any aspect of ourselves unforgivable or unlovable no matter what we've done or what we've thought, no matter how we've shown up. The divine is all about that unconditional mercy and unconditional love. So attachment comes from the mind and it comes from not understanding how lovable we truly are and how loved we truly are and how the nature of the divine is pure love and wants only the very best for us. The plant also showed me that the heart is a portal for earth healing. Within the heart space, we can actually help heal the planet by holding the vibration of love around the planet, visualizing and holding within, because everything is within. And she shared as well that what we choose to do with our creative power, our consciousness, our free will is very, very potent. And so 
in fact, as powerful as the divine is, as powerful as our helping spirits are, they can only work miracles in our lives to the extent that we use our power to empower them because we are creators, we are co-creators. And so we actually have to use our own power to give our power to the divine, to love. Because otherwise we tend to give our power to fear and we create fear and we create sad things and suffering. And that's part of the reason, a big part of the reason why we have so much suffering on this planet is this misuse of power, this misunderstanding about how we have free will and what that really means. Another thing the plant taught me was that earth is a master realm. This is a place for advanced souls. Nobody here, no matter how new they may seem, is actually that new. This is a super challenging playground. That's super challenging classroom. And so we can look around and we can see really advanced souls in every set of eyeballs that we see, no matter how they seem to be acting. And she taught me as well about love. And she explained that um, many times when we love something, we grasp it. I love this thing. I'm going to hold it really tight. Desire. Kind of a volitional energy. And she explained that the right way to work with the emotion of love to uplift is really to hold the being or the thing or the concept that we love and hold it in a space of love, expansively honoring it and allowing it to vibrate with that energy of love and, and in that way uplift its vibration. And she shared as well that we can attain certain virtues and qualities that we want. For example, say you wanna be more compassionate or you want more beauty or more intelligence, whatever you want, more health, um, the linear way of thinking about it would be to take specific steps to acquire these things. But the cannabis plant taught me that actually we can simply commune with these energies and cultivate these energies in this way. That's really interesting. So I've done cannabis ceremonies I want to share again. Um, Patrick over there has been to one of them. And they've been really, really interesting. So ceremonial cannabis use can be really profound and you can approach it lots of different ways. I shared um, some ways that I've worked with it in terms of amplification of plant spirits. It's, it's also really cool to sit and meditate with people and do guided meditations and, and just explore connecting with your higher self, explore connecting with your heart space, and just simply be in that container of everyone sharing an intention. It can be really powerful to do that shared meditation. And if you make music together after doing that, it can be really cool, really good music. Everybody's just super tuned in. So we experienced that together and it was really, really fun. So there's just so many different ways to work with cannabis. I think it's an incredible tool. I hope that it's respected as a sacred medicine because it, it's so profound in what it can bring to us going forward. And um, I wanna just, before taking questions, just leave you with some thoughts about right relationship to this medicine. So I think that the right relationship to this sacred medicine is something that everybody has to individually determine. But for me, to approach it as a sacrament means that I'm using it with some sort of an intention. I'm using it with respect and gratitude. And I'm not using it as a Band-Aid. 
So back when I was using it recreationally, before my awakening, I would be bored and get stoned and watch cartoons or something. And I would just make a habit of it or I would be sad and get stoned because I wanted to change how I felt. The plants really don't like to be used that way. They don't mind if we're in a place where we don't have the capacity to do something different. But when we do have the capacity to do something different, when we do have the capacity to address the underlying causes of our sadness, when we do have the capacity to find hobbies, you know, they don't want to be used that way. They want to be used as healers and teachers with respect. That's my experience. Um, because I think the plants really are, in many ways, bodhisattva beings. You know, they're, they're beings that offer their bodies, their full lives, to our betterment because they want to relieve our suffering. And so we owe it to them, I think, to work with them with some amount of respect. That doesn't mean that I'm here sitting here judging people who get stoned and play music, get stoned and make art. I think that's a totally legitimate use of working with this plant. It's all about intention. It's intention, that's all. And it isn't a bad use of the plant to get stoned and hang out either necessarily, but it's just what is your intention and, and are you being clear about the container that you're in? And are you looking at the plant as a being that you're excited to spend some time with? You know, This is just my perspective, of course. I think everybody's perspective is valid and we all just have to do what resonates as authentic with ourselves. I wanna mention a few growers in town that I really like. I think where you get your cannabis is valuable and important. And uh, if you can get it from a conscious grower, I think all the better. So I wanna mention that I've I really enjoyed um, that Purple Widow strain by Oregon Roots. Um, I have good friends at Enlightenment Farms. They grow great stuff, all kinds of things, outdoor. And Yerba Buena, I love their um, CBD strain. It's called Blue Dragon Desert Frost. And it's all CBD. And at this point, I pretty much only work with CBD. I'm so imbued with the cannabis, I don't feel I really need THC these days for the most part. Um, so I've been making a cannabis oil with that strain from Yerba Buena. Really enjoying that, just meditating with the CBD. And um, there's also a grower in town called Canananda. And I really like their strains. And when I was doing big group cannabis ceremonies with 25 people, that's what we were smoking was, um, they have a strain called Canatonic, and I cannot remember the other one that we smoked with them. We had a lower THC strain and a higher THC strain, and they were both really great. So those are just a few. I think, you know, if you can get your cannabis that's outdoor grown, and it's actually had its roots in the earth and the soil, and it's received the sunshine, you know, from the stars at night, all that good energy, I think that's more spiritually potent. But everything's sacred, everything's part of it, everything's creation, so it's all good. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a chance to talk about this beautiful teacher on 420. Thank you for coming, and I'm really interested to hear what your questions are. Does anyone have any questions?